past three weeks, we've been in a series called New Birthmarks, all right? We have said that when we commit to following Jesus, to living in a real daily relationship with him, then he gives us new life, right? That we are reborn, we are marked from the inside out with a whole new mindset, a whole new heart, right? So that we can think differently than we did before and act differently as a result. New birthmarks, right? Makes sense? The first week we said that one of those marks is this remarkable ability that we should have to have hope even in the most painful of sufferings. The second week's mark was a love that was genuine, right? And then last week was a passion for Jesus in everyday life. We should be bubbling over for Jesus in everything that we do. So we wrap up our series with our last mark, and we're going to find it in Romans again, chapter 12 again, because we've been sitting there for a while, this time in verse 21. So if you have your Bible, a physical copy, fantastic. If you have it on your phone, it's an app, great. Uh, If you're online, then you're going to have a link in the chat. And then if you're in person, you're going to have it above my head. And then you're also going to have a lower third here-ish if you're watching online as well. So you can't get away from it. But hopefully uh, you don't want to. So let's read Romans chapter 12, verse 21 together, where Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says this. He says, do not be overcome with evil but overcome evil with good. Now that word in, in the Greek, overcome, is nikaio, right? Which means to conquer, to be victorious, to win. That's what it means. It means to win. Now Paul isn't talking about a game here, right? He's not talking about racquetball. You know, he's not saying be a winner at racquetball, although that would be great. He's not talking about apples to apples or phase 10 or anything, right? But he's, he's talking about life. Haley, I appreciate you saying that you lost at life because that's exactly what he's talking about. He knows what each of us inherently understand, that life's a battle, isn't it? Life is a battle and a hard one. There's a constant tension. There's a constant tugging and pulling within us and outside of us. And in these battles, we're either winning or we're losing. We're either overcoming or we're being overcome. Life is full of these, aren't they? Earth versus food is my one I struggle with a lot. Does anybody here struggle with the battle with food, right? Temptation. The one thing about that battle is you can't hide it, can you? You're either, if you're losing, it shows, right? You're losing big time if you're like me, right? If you're winning, it'll show too, right? But that's hard. That's a tough battle that we all fight, I think. The other one may be us versus beasts. If you're a hunter, maybe you like to get out and hunt, and you know that thrill of the hunt of battling wits with wits with animals in this world, which seems easy at some point, but it's really complicated. Or if you have a pet, maybe you're battling your pet every day. Maybe you and your pet have this kind of adversarial relationship where uh, it's constantly trying to thwart you at every turn. You ever had that pet that seems like, oh, I take care of you. I'm, you're supposed to be my friend. You're supposed to love me unconditionally, and you're out here just you know, peeing on the floor. Right? So maybe it's you versus the pet. I don't know. Maybe it's you versus machine, right? Anybody who works with technology, and I think all of us do at some point these days, know that when it works, it's great, but most of the time, does it work? Not the way we want it to. (laughs) Absolutely not. So maybe you're battling with that. But often the battles we struggle with the most, and all those are hard, but often the ones we struggle with the most are with each other. Our lives are battlefields that are littered with broken pieces of past relationships, aren't they? Over here lays a shattered memory of her former best friend, right? Over there, maybe a piece of a jacket from a former lover. Off to the side, maybe this battered box of stuff from our failed marriage, maybe one, two, or three 
And in the center is probably this weathered punching bag that we get up to every day so that we can just beat ourselves up over all the times we failed. Every day you get up is another potential battle against yourself and against someone else in your life. The question is, are you overcoming or are you being overcome? Are you winning or are you losing? Sometimes it's hard to tell, isn't it? In relationships, there's no official scorekeeper. And no, ladies, you are not it. All right, let me just clarify that. At least I don't think so. And not in my marriage, you're not. So I don't know if any of us rest of you, but no, you're not. All right, you're not the official scorekeeper. Neither am I, unfortunately. I want to be, but I'm not. So how do you know in relationships? There's no official scorekeeper. It's a game that's hard to keep track of. Are you really winning? Are you really losing? Fortunately, we don't have to look very far this morning because we're going to be here in Romans chapter 12. and We're going to look at the verses preceding verse 21. And Paul's going to lay out the rules of engagement of this battle that we're in day to day. He's going to tell us exactly how to win and exactly how we lose. So it's going to be again up on the screen. If you're reading along with us, it's starting in verse 14. We're going to skip a couple of verses and go to verse 17 and then go all the way down to verse 21. So let's read it together. Let's engage here together as we look together. He says this. He says, bless those who persecute you, and do not curse them. Verse 17 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never, sorry, yeah, that's right, verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. In verse 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Here we go. Rules of engagement, right? You want to know how you're going to win? You want to know how you lose in relationships and everyday life? What does this look like? Paul tells us. Paul lays out three ways we lose. Three ways we are overcome by evil in our lives, in our relationships. He says, you want to lose? Here's three things you do. Curse those who hurt you. Fight fire with fire. And get revenge. When someone has offended you, you see, no matter how major or no matter how minor the offense, and someone will do so, when someone has hurt you in whatever way they possibly have, you've got a decision to make, don't you? That decision is going to determine whether you're going to win or you're going to lose the battle. So Paul says you choose to lose when that person who has hurt you, when you're sitting there, man, he's hurt me or she has hurt me, I want them to feel the exact same thing they've made me feel. That's cursing them, right? Wishing that they would feel that same pain you felt. That's what cursing is. It's not necessarily words. It could just be intent. When they insult you, either intentionally or unintentionally, you hold it against them. And you're bitter and angry towards them. That's cursing them too, right? Or maybe you're quick to fire back with insults. As soon as they give it, you're ready to give it right back. You're ready to give those little snide comments every time you pass them. Maybe you work with them. Maybe you live with them. <laughs> I don't know what the case is. Maybe you're just in the neighborhood, and every time you're around them, you just kind of give a little slide, side eye and just kind of make a little snide comment as you walk past them. That's one way you lose. Second way you lose... For example, maybe you have a husband who does this. I might do this from time to time. Maybe a wife who does this. 
Maybe they come home having a really bad day, maybe a long one. Or maybe they've just been at home all day long because we work from home a lot these days, right? And they've just been struggling at whatever they're doing, and it's really frustrating, and they get up from the table or from the desk, and they're walking through the house, and you're having a great day, and you're just kind of just scooting on by, and you accidentally might rub them the wrong way or say the wrong thing, and they snap back at you. I've never done that, but somebody has, right? Somebody's done that here, right? And so as, as that person does that, whether it's the husband or wife or friend or family, whatever it is, instead of letting it go, you go, hey, and you snap right back at them, right? Nobody ever, ever here has done that. I'm sure they haven't. Maybe, if, uh, maybe you give them a cold shoulder for the rest of the day. Maybe you do that. Maybe when they snap at you, you're like, well, I don't need this. I'm just going to talk to you. I'll just go in my little space, and I'll be by myself, and you could be over here, and we can live in a 1,000-square-foot place, and you'll never see me again, right? Maybe you give them the cold shoulder. Or another thing that might happen, maybe you're dealing with somebody. Maybe it's a business deal or just, just relational, just out in the public some way, and you're working with them, you're talking with them, and they cut you a bad deal or they, they say something to you you don't like, and you make up your mind. The next time you see them, you're going to give them the same thing right back to them, or you're going to give them that bad deal back. There are a million and one examples of this. I could go on and on and on and on, but I'm not going to do that. I think you guys have the idea, right? These everyday relational battles are fights, are these battles where we're choosing to fight fire with fire or evil for evil? Are we doing that? If we're doing that, we're losing. And that doesn't have to be big. I want to emphasize that here, right here in the very beginning, that when we're looking at, oh, oh evil with evil, I'm not being evil. I'm just saying, I'm just you know, hitting them back with a little comment. That's not evil. That's not right either. Paul's saying these little things add up. But there are times things can escalate, Right? People can hurt us so bad that deep down we feel the only way we can feel better is to get even. Sometimes I imagine us each carrying around a little set of scales. All right? A little set of scales, maybe one on each shoulder. And we have a stack of offenses on one side, right? And we think that it's kind of weighing us down on maybe this side over here. And we feel like, man, if I can just hurt those who have hurt me, then I'll help clear the weight off that scale and even things back out we think if we can just get even we're going to find peace but see but revenge does just the opposite it stacks the offenses higher and higher and higher for everybody all right you think you're going to get even it's going to make you feel good and you're going to wipe it clean it's going to be okay but as soon as you start doing that then it starts getting more and more and more and more and more higher and higher and higher our hurt doesn't go away it actually lingers. And now the person that we've got even with is thinking of ways to get even with us, right? We want our enemy to feel the pain of losing just like us, thinking if we feel that thrill of victory, if we see, oh man, I've beat him, then we're going to feel good. But we just wind up losing twice. Instead of being overcomers, we're the ones who are being overcome. Now, as I mentioned before, I don't like losing. Anybody here like losing, by the way? I want to clarify. Does anybody here like losing? All right. I just want to make sure. Anybody online? If you like losing, throw up the like sign, all right? We'll do whatever you want to do. Let us know you like losing, because I would love to meet you. Uh, but I don't think anybody does, really, right? As a matter of fact, I know a few people, <clears throat> maybe John and Apples to Apples, who won't even play the game anymore because they're afraid they're going to lose, right? I've done that. I've done that. I got to the point when I was playing racquetball with Daryl every week that I was like, 
I don't know if I want to play you. Matter of fact, I would schedule somebody else. I'd find somebody else in the office or somebody else I knew and like, hey, you ever played racquetball before? And they'd be like, no. I'm like, great. Let's come on. Let's go play just so I could win, right? I wanted to win again. I wanted it bad. I didn't like losing. I would still play him because I thought I'd win, but I, I really didn't like losing. Now, we don't have that option in our daily lives, do we? We can't schedule a win. We, we can't avoid losing. All right, we have these relational battles in our lives. We have to face them. Even the most secluded person in the world has to interact with somebody at some point. So if we can't ultimately avoid relationships, how do we win? What does winning look like, right? So Paul lays out four. He gave us three ways we're going to lose. He gives us four ways we're going to win. So let's look at these together. He said first, this is verse 17, 18, and 20. You can read it again as he says it. I'm just going to condense it here. He says, first, to win, you need to develop these four winning habits. He says, first, you need to bless those who hurt you. Second, you need to think before you act. <laughs> so you can respond with being wronged by being right. Three, you need to do everything in your power to live at peace with everybody. And then four, you need to even give things to those who take from you. Four winning habits. If you want to start turning losing relationships into winning ones, these are the four things you've got to do. When someone's complaining about you in front of your face or behind your back, when they're gossiping in front of you or behind your back, when they're throwing verbal jabs at you constantly or just cussing you for everything they're worth, instead of giving it right back, stop. And Paul says, bless them. Now, Paul doesn't mean that we should simply let people get away with things. I want to clarify that. That's not what Jesus taught. That's not what Paul's saying here. You should lovingly, lovingly clarify that, lovingly confront somebody and not be a punching bag. But here's the trick. Here's the mindset. Here's the habit that you have to develop here. When you do go to confront them, you have to go in the mindset that no matter how they respond, whether they forgive you where they say, you know what, man, I am so sorry I've hurt you. I did not even realize I've done that. I'm sorry. And that would be a great response. And you could get on with life and you both could be good friends, whatever the case is. That may happen. Alternative is they may just spit in your face, either verbally or physically, or walk off and say, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. But the trick is getting this habit developed means that no matter how they act, you're not going to hold whatever they did against them anymore. And you're going to take it one step, actually two steps further. You're not going to hold it against them. It's gone. It's done. Forgotten forever. Two, you're going to genuinely wish the best for them. And three, you're going to tell them so. What Paul's saying here is when you bless them, he's talking about a full biblical blessing. He's not just saying, oh, bless them, Lord, and then just move on, right? It's not just, I hope your life gets better when you get away from me. That's, that's not what blessing is. Not in Paul's sense here. It's telling them that you will be actively praying for and doing whatever it is you possibly can to help make their lives successful in whatever they do. That they are kept safe wherever they go that they may go on to have a healthy and happy marriage, have healthy and happy children, that they have go on and have a long and productive and healthy, happy career. That's biblical blessing. Paul is saying, not just 
Don't curse them back. Actively seek their good. That's winning number one. Winning habit number two is this. Maybe you have somebody who's abused you. Maybe you have somebody who's stolen from you. Maybe somebody's lied to you. He's saying to win, you're not going to get even. And you're not going to carry that pain into another relationship and do the same to them that's been done to you. Paul says, winning habit number two is you're going to give thought, which means take thought, take time in advance, right? Take thought in advance to do good, to do what is right. So you have to determine ahead of time, when you're wronged, you won't respond with more wrong. I mentioned earlier that the battle is within us too, right? So you have to take the times in your life when everything's going well, And there will be times, you're going to have times where you don't have a lot of battles going on in your life. Praise God for those times, right? When everything's going pretty good. When you're in that time of peace in your life, that's when you need to take a moment and take stock to prepare for the times when it's not going great. When you're going to be losing battles. When things go wrong, how will you respond? So Paul says, when you're in the moments of peace, don't wait until the moments when you're wrong to find out how you're going to respond. Think through it ahead of time. We have to make up our mind to do the right thing before that moment comes. Paul says also to do what is honorable or good in sight of all, meaning that whenever you're taking time to think of, you're going to be thinking about what you look like when you do it. Now, he's not talking about pride. He's not saying, well, let's do something that makes you look good. But what he's saying is that you have to know that your friends, your family, your neighbors, everybody in your life are looking at what you say and what you do. And they're going to judge you, whether fairly or unfairly, based on what they hear and see you do. If you claim to represent Jesus, and maybe you don't this morning, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But if you do, if you claim to represent Jesus and don't think ahead and you continually do wrong to others, you've not only hurt yourself, but you've made who you represent look bad. If you ever work for a company or business or something other than yourself, you understand this, don't you? The company tells you, I'm sure, if they don't explicitly say it, they imply it, that what you do and say to the customers, whether you're at work or out of work, affects not only you, but the company you represent, right? Absolutely. They say, hey, When you go out and you're interacting, mind your P's and Q's, especially today. Don't just go out spouting a bunch of mess on social media or whatever, because when you do that, people are looking at what you say and do, and not only do you make yourself look bad, but you're making who you represent look bad. That's what Paul is saying here. He said, look at what you're doing. Think ahead of time and determine ahead of time to do what is right, because others are watching, and not only are you hurting yourself when you respond the wrong way, but whenever you say, hey, I follow Jesus, they're looking at, man, I don't want to follow him if that's how people who follow him look like. I could, be, I could do whatever I wanted to, and, and it would be okay. You're not hurting yourself, you're hurting Christ as well. Wing habit number two, think about what you're doing before you do it. Determine to do the right thing because you're representing someone beside yourself. Winning habit number three, do everything you can to live at peace with everybody. (laughs) That's a hard one, isn't it? Because peace is more than living a quiet life. We talked about this on prayer meeting on Thursday. The biblical concept of peace means to be made whole. Made whole. To not be at peace is to be fractured. To be at peace is to be whole, is to be complete. So when someone hurts us or they hurt somebody else in our lives, Are we doing everything we can to restore that relationship, to make it right? 
or do we let them wallow outside in their bitterness and anger? It's tempting to let them suffer, isn't it? It's tempting to let them say, well, you've heard me. Now you need to pay the consequences. But overcoming evil, winning in our relationships, means attempting to reconcile when they're willing to, because they might not be, and loving them despite their past mistakes. That also means developing winning habit number four, which is this, being willing to go above and beyond and even look for ways to do whatever it takes to meet the needs they may have. Again, this is above and beyond. This is what Paul's saying here. He's saying it's not only, hey, I wish you the best. It's actively looking for peace. It's actively looking to restore that relationship. It's actively saying, hey, you need food. You need clothes. You need someone to, to, you need therapy maybe. You need whatever it is. But I'm going to actively do those things in your life. I'm going to help you meet those needs in your life. I'm going to try to my best, whatever way I can, to restore this relationship. To not leave you in the cold. To not, to not laugh at your hurts. To not smile a little bit on the inside when you're going through a lot of pain and heartache and trouble because you put me through the same thing and actively try to help you through it. Even with you kicking and screaming at me. We need to be willing to feed them, to clothe them, to give them something to drink, Paul says. You see, what Jesus tells us to do, what Paul's reinforcing here, is we are not just passively non resistive, we're not the punching bag. What we should be doing is actively repaying hostility with love. That's what winning looks like. Actively repaying hostility with love. Active engagement. Here's an example. During a time of of terrible, terrible, terrible atrocities in Armenia, which is over in Europe, near Russia, a Turkish soldier pursued a young woman and her brother down a street. He cornered them both, and then he shot the brother while the sister watched. He made her watch while he killed her brother. This is a true story. I didn't make this up. All right? He shot the brother while she watched, and then he let her go. Later, that woman began working as a nurse in a military hospital. And one day, this Turkish soldier who had shot her brother was brought into her ward. He was going to die. He was critically wounded. He had been shot to the point that if she had left him alone, he was going to die that day. At first, when she saw him come in, she recognized him. And when she saw him, she thought, well, he is kill- that's the guy that killed my brother. He ruined my life. He made me watch as he murdered him in cold blood. He deserves to die. Justice says that man deserves death. She wrestled with this desire for vengeance. And she began to think. You see, she was a believer. And she began to think what Jesus had said, what Paul had written, how the Lord wanted her to treat this man with kindness and not with revenge, to actively repay him with love. So she gently nursed him back to health. One day, that soldier, when he was well enough, recognized her. And he said, why didn't you let me die? She said, I follow Jesus. And he said, love your enemies. 
And the man was silent for a really long time. And he finally said, I never knew that anyone could have such a faith. If that's what it does, tell me more about him. Actively repaying hostility with love. Now, I pray nobody here ever has a family member shot and you have to go through that similar situation. That's an extreme case. But these verbal and, and maybe physical battles that we all are in in our relationships, how are we responding? Are we losing or are we winning? Now, I want to be clear. What Paul lays out as winning does not come natural to us, does it? Anybody here willingly go out and when someone curses at you or flips you the bird driving down the road or, or is combative to you in whatever situation it is in your life, you go like, thank you. Let me tell you. Let me love on you today. Nobody's doing that. I don't do that. As a matter of fact, for most of us, what Paul is saying is winning is the opposite of winning. What comes natural and what we practice is to hit back harder when we get hit. I know this. I've got children, right? I've seen it in action. I've seen it in the unfiltered lives of, of, of children who, who don't understand, have social awareness, right? They'll just actively respond with whatever comes natural. What comes natural is to hit back in hard, right? In the most painful way possible. What comes natural is to yell louder when someone yells at us. What comes natural is to curse and cuss even more at those that cuss us. And the fact of the matter is, you're not going to be able to change these habits, those losing habits into winning ones overnight, and you're not even going to be able to do it on your own. It's impossible. This series has been called New Birth Marks because there's not enough meditation there's not enough self-control. There's not enough positive thinking, good energy, anger management courses, or therapy that's going to get you to the point where you're overcoming evil with good on your own. It is impossible. It's only possible by committing our lives to that deep, daily relationship with Jesus and allowing Him to reshape us from the inside out. That's the only way this works. And it's not just a charge. Whenever I say that, people think, well, what do you mean? Be like Greek Jesus, right? The 90s had this big slogan that went around all the time. You know, what would Jesus do? They made stickers. Somebody made billions of dollars off that slogan somewhere, right? They made all this money off of what would Jesus do? This isn't what we're talking about. This isn't saying, oh, let me read my Bible and Jesus responded this way. Let me do what he did. It's not going to work on his own. It will not work. What Paul is saying to us this morning to win, to actively have this real daily relationship, is to legitimately call out and trust Jesus first for our salvation. And then, in that hope and strength and joy and assurance of that salvation, show it to others by the way we live. That's the only way this works, is from the inside out. It's from having that relationship mended first with God and then taking it to others. That's the only way it's going to work. That's why Paul places this sentence in the center of this whole section. He says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. You see, when I talk to people who struggle with hurt and offenses, I've often found that the problem isn't that they need things made right. The problem is that there is no trust. There's no solid understanding that things will be made right. There's no understanding that there is justice, that there is a judge who is righteous outside themselves. And, or if they do understand it, there's no feeling that it's going to happen when they want it to happen. 
You see, when you don't have a real relationship with Jesus, justice, wanting things to be set right, which is why we react the way we do, which is why we lose all the time, that justice is elusive. There's no certain hope that a holy God is in control, that he will administer justice, real justice, in due time. So it seems like we have to take matters in our own hands. So it seems like when that person who's cussing at me, that I better get it right back because there's no God that's going to make things right. I have to do that. I'm hurt. They have to be hurt because there's no way they're going to be punished. Nothing's going to be set the way it should be unless I'm the one doing it. Our bitterness, our anger, our fears, all these things that anchor us down, that weigh us down, that help, that help us to lose in these battles every day are there because we don't trust that God is in control. That he's going to make things right. We become the judge and jury. And we lose. But in Jesus... And in Christ alone, man, do we have that certain hope that God is in control, that he does take evil and justice seriously, so seriously that he sent his son to die for it. That's how serious he takes it. He takes it so seriously that not only did he send him to die for it, but he raised him from the dead to claim victory over it. We overcome the evil of others when we trust, love, and live for Jesus who overcomes the evil in us. Because it is in Christ alone that we have evil over the victory of our, or sorry, over the evil of our own hearts, over the evil of our own bad behaviors and attitudes. And it is through him and him alone that we have the victory to overcome, that we have the power to form those winning habits so we can respond to those who hurt us with love. His love. That's the only way this works. You want to win the battles in your life? You have to make that relationship right first. You have to find that trust first. Then all these other things will start to come easier and easier. He'll fill you up with what you need to say the right thing at the right moment when you trust and believe in him and you read the word and you spend time with him. He is going to set things right in you and around you in time. Are we overcomers or are we being overcome? If you're seeking this, maybe you're watching today and you haven't had a relationship with Jesus or you had one and maybe it's a little worn out. (laughs) Maybe it's a little uh, fractures. Maybe you thought something was wrong and you needed to be made right and you trusted him and it didn't happen in your time and now you don't trust him at all. But maybe you come to the understanding this morning as you've listened through this and you listened to all the times that you've lost and reminded of all the failures. I'm not saying that you, all this for, to, to, to make you feel bad. I'm not doing that. But if you do feel bad, it's because God is saying, hey, let's make this right. Let's make this right this morning. And the way you do that is by placing your full hope, trust, and life in Jesus, who lived a perfect life that we can't live. He didn't, he didn't do this like we do. He won. <laughs> who died in our place because we lose all the time and who was raised again to give us victory.
And if that's you this morning and you want victory in your life, you want to be an overcomer, you want to win, like I know I want to win, it starts with Jesus. It starts with that relationship. So we're going to give an opportunity to respond to him in just a minute. Second, for believers, if each of us were to hold up a sign over our heads this morning with our relationships, wins and losses, I got a feeling it would be pretty lopsided. I know mine would. It's much easier to give in to these old losing habits and let me get the best of me. But the thing that continually blows me away, what drives me forward in my life, in my relationship with, with Jesus and foremost, is mercy. Uh, it, it, every single time. And I'm blown away by mercy because I realize I messed up. I realize I mess up. And the grace and love and mercy of God rescues me every time. Because <laughs> the thing is, when we call out for judgment, when we call out for justice on others in our lives, we're really calling it down on ourselves. And what God responds with is love and says, yeah, you deserve what you're going through. But I promised I will rescue you from even yourself. His mercy is never ending. I'm blown away by it. When I lose, he doesn't give up on me. He doesn't call me a loser. He picks me back up and says, it's time to try again. That mercy, that keeps me going. That's the only thing that keeps me going. I'm not driven by guilt or fear. I'm driven by love, by a God who loves me. And that's what it takes. It takes perseverance through failure. It takes a daily practice of those winning habits, starting with that winning with Jesus so first, I want us to be reminded in Christ that we are overcomers, all right? We need to be reminded of that. Before you leave for today, I want to make sure you understand that you are not a loser. You may have lost, but you're not a loser. I want you to understand that in your relationships, when you feel like you have been just continually on this long losing streak, that it is not over. That as long as you have your full faith, trust, and hope in Jesus, you are a winner. Because he is one. Not because you've won, but because he has. And he makes you that winner. So I want us to take Romans chapter 12, verse 21. I want us to take it with us this week. Wherever we go, I want us to read it. I want us to live it. I want us to breathe it. I want it to be everything in our lives today to overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by it, but be overcomers. Read that this week. Take it with you. Chew on it. Let it soak into your bones. Remember who you are because what Christ has made you to be is a winner. And live it out this week. Let's pray this morning. For those of you who are either here in person or online and you don't have a relationship with Christ yet, and you've stuck with me this far, congratulations. Thank you for going all the way to the end here because here's really where it really starts to change for you. If you would like to have a relationship with him, if you want to have your life changed and go from loser to winner, it's by trusting in him. And the way you do this is by praying. And praying is just talking to God. So you're going to do something like this. You don't have to say these exact words, but words like this. You just simply say, hey, Jesus, 
I have lost more times than I can count. And every day I get up to that punching bag and I beat myself up over my failure. And I'm tired of beating myself up. I'm tired of being beat up. I admit that I've messed up. And I need you. I need you. I need you to win. So Lord, help me follow you today. Lord, I want to accept and believe that you did live, die, and and rose again for me to save me from myself and to help me overcome the evil in my life with your love. So if that's you this morning and you responded to that prayer or one like it, I want to ask that you, one, if you're in house, you can slip your hand up. I want to follow up with you in person. Two, online, like or love a comment that we're going to post here right in, and just probably already happened right now. Make sure you like or love that. I'll follow up with you. If you said that prayer, let me know. I will follow up with you today and let you know what happens next because it's amazing. Amen. For believers and everyone else as we get ready to wrap it up this morning online. Lord, we pray, God, Lord, that we know that we are losers more often than we want to admit. And God, as we look over our lives, we look over the battlefield, and we look at all the failures, and we look at the evidence of our lives, God, I pray first and foremost for those who follow Christ, Lord, that we remember that no matter how many times we have fallen down on the battlefield, God, you are there to rescue us. You are there to pick us back up. You have called us to be overcomers, not to be overcome. So Lord, I know, I know, I know that our lives are filled with evil. God, they're filled with things and and places and people who try to overcome us. But God, I pray that we remember that in you and in you alone, Jesus, are we overcomers. In you and in you alone can we respond to the evil in our lives with love. In you and in you alone can we actively repay those who hurt us, who offend us, who make us feel sick on the inside with a love that will overwhelm them. So God, I pray that we are reminded of that moment today, that we are overcomers. God, that we live it out this week. God, that we go back to Romans 12, 21, that we proclaim it over our lives, that we read and and consume what you have written to us, God, that you love and care for us, that your mercy and grace are never ending. And God, let it drive us closer to you and let it drive us closer to the hurt in others so that we can show them the healing that comes through you and in you alone. God, let us be winners this week. 